0: professional sports in North America, in particular the United States, there really isn't even a close second anymore when you get down to the amount of money generated, the fans, the merchandising, everything, just across the board, the NFL is number one. So why is it that the NFL is the only one of North America's professional sports leagues that really hasn't caught fire in other parts of the world. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. And unlike the norm, this one isn't going to be so much about Steelers roster, this or that of players, more of a general football thing. This week, the NFL's owners met virtually and voted to approve the expansion of the regular season schedule from 16 to 17 games. Everybody knows that. Within that, and not nearly discussed as much, are stipulations for how often and how greatly the league will continue to place games in other major cities, in major countries around the globe. They didn't get into any kind of specifics, but the implication there is that it's not just going to be the Jaguars playing in London a handful of times a year, and it's not going to be just about London or just about Mexico. Also mentioned were Germany and South America, but again, without any specifics. This is great. I, I am 100% in favor of the NFL playing games and continuing to build its brand abroad. You do hear from people who say, no, nah, don't do that. They have they have soccer. They have whatever. We don't want to lose a home game. We don't want to do this, do that. Uh, never mind that, you know, Again, the Jaguars were basically using London as a de facto second home. It, it's so important for the future of this league to continue growing. And I know that sounds silly to suggest that anything is important to, to an entity that's already number one. Not with a bullet, but with a rocket. But football more than any of our sports, has remained a distinctly American thing. And if you're one of those people who thinks that, you know, the world doesn't exist beyond U.S. borders, go nuts. Tune out. You're not going to want to hear the rest of this. But the NFL has everything to gain from this type of expansion. My only concern is that it's not just a matter of slapping random games into random places. I'm going to give you a little bit of background on this. In In 2013, I flew over to cover the Steelers and Vikings in London. They played at Wembley Stadium. Now, they were both 0-3 at the time, you might recall. So it wasn't exactly the world's greatest matchup, but there were some big names, and really, it didn't matter that much. The people who came, and Wembley Stadium was completely sold out. And the street affair that was had in London was massive. Just this enormous swath of humanity the day before the game. It was incredible to see. I can't begin to tell you what it was like to be on the other side of the globe in one of the world's the biggest and greatest cities, and seeing people just walking around wearing Steelers stuff, or actually Viking stuff too, it was almost 50-50. Minnesota Vikings are actually way more popular than I think maybe a lot of people realize. Great, great fan base they have. And when I went around and talked to some of these people, the Steelers fans who were there, I found out, almost without exception that these were either people who were already uh, Americans or Pittsburgh fans who just happened to be working in London or elsewhere in England, or they were military that was based uh, on mainland Europe, a lot of them from Germany, a lot of them, who made the trip over to see their team. And it wasn't a whole lot of, you know, just random British people who wanted to see a football game. You know? (laughs) It just wasn't like, hey, let's go check this thing out. I'm sure in a packed, gigantic soccer stadium that those people were there too. But it's not like that's what it was. It wasn't some giant Petri dish of, let's see what the Europeans think of our game that just that just isn't the case And I can't speak to what the the other endeavors have been like. Um, I've heard people uh, in Jacksonville say that uh, that when they went over it, it was the Jaguars never really got adopted or anything there was never any sentiment toward that's our team because they come over it was just a constant here go the same people, the same Americans going to see the game is just a lot closer to them because that's where they happen to be living or working now. I don't know that it's enough. I I don't know that this is going to get anywhere. I don't know that the NFL has the right approach by just putting games somewhere. There needs to be a massive outreach in terms of promotional dollars, uh, promoting their stars even more than the game. If you think about the impact that North American athletes have overseas, and you think about who it is that has them, you you, 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 you almost reflexively go to LeBron James in the NBA. LeBron isn't as big globally as we think he is here, meaning globally. Uh, When you talk about the biggest international superstars, you're still talking about Messi and Ronaldo. Probably the top 10 would be taken up by soccer spots, and then Usain Bolt, and then a lot of tennis players. Because that's what gets shown on television in these countries. I've spent a significant amount of time abroad, and you don't turn on the TV and see American football. You just don't. There's almost no education effort being made as to how the game is played. When I've put American football on overseas and show it to someone, they have two reactions to it. One, it's rugby. Me, no, it's actually not. Two, why are they just standing around? (laughs) That comes up all the time. Why is there so little action, Be- meaning that they're standing around? Because it's, it's hard for anyone to process who doesn't watch American football regularly why they have to get into a huddle and discuss a play and then go do it. Because in rugby, it's just constant motion, constant movement. In soccer, it looks boring to Americans because there aren't many goals. Most Americans, I shouldn't say all. But it doesn't stop. In fact, even the clock doesn't stop. So the strangest thing about American football is you're doing all this and then there's action for like two or three seconds. Why did they stop? I once went to a World Football League game. Do you remember that? That league? It was a World League game played in Amsterdam. Amsterdam Admirals against the Rhine Fire from Germany. The soccer stadium that is used by Ajax, the, the biggest soccer club in Holland. And the people who were there went really just to, to have a party. Uh, it, it, they, did, they played a lot of music, and uh, there was dancing in between the plays. I mean, in between every play. They would just blast this music, and people would get up and dance. Why? Because they couldn't understand why there was a stoppage. So they thought, all right, it's intermission. So they got up and just started bouncing around. The NFL has its work cut out for it on this front. But the amount of revenue is only part of the benefit that they get. The other part is the one that almost nobody talks about. And that is that you could actually have players, players, international players, come and contribute. You know, become great players. The bigger you make that pool of talent with any sport, in any situation, the greater your possibilities are for finding, you know, Troy Polamalu. You know, the, the these these go around the world and just add big bodies, uh great athletes that might be a better fit for American football than they are for their own national sports or international sports that happen to be popular where they are. This this is a this is a, a broad subject, obviously, but that's that's kind of the ambition here and one thing that I like and art Rooney was uh, quoted on the Steelers site this week in an interview he did in-house about the expansion uh, he reiterated and he he's told me this himself he he really wants a game in Mexico now Mexico is different Mexico is a neighbor the Steelers specifically have a huge following in Mexico. I've seen this with my own eyes because I've done games in Dallas and in Houston. And it's amazing. The percentage of the total attendance, not the percentage of Steelers fans, but the percentage of the total attendance that is made up of Steelers fans who originate from Mexico. They don't come over for the game, but they're they're, you know, living in the in the Texas area. It's incredible. Art Rooney said, we we actually, he, he, he actually said, you know, we feel like, you know, we owe it to all of our fans in Mexico. We'd love to be down there for a game. That's a big thing for him. And that's pretty neat. That, that's, that's a nice way to think about it. They have a brand, the Steelers do, down there. And that's what the NFL needs more of. They need to the same way people here gravitate now more and more to, let's say, um, English Premier League soccer, where they latch on to Manchester United is my team, Liverpool is my team, whatever. The NFL can create the same dynamic over these brands that they have here, whether it's the individual. Whether it's, you know, Patrick Mahomes becoming a global superstar, whether it's uh, the Steelers and the Cowboys, the Patriots, the biggest names as teams in football. There's nothing but win, 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 win in this. And if that means losing a home game, I, I believe the guidelines are now that you could lose one game every eight years, meaning from your home schedule, you know deal with it it's okay there's an extra game anyway now on the schedule when we come back just one question For just one question, that's brought to you on this program always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, Elwood City. You can learn more about them online at LGKG.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's question comes from Mark Massa who asks, DK, are the Steelers really that bad at evaluating running backs? That they would maintain Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, and Trey Edmonds on this roster? They are as bad at running backs as they are good at wide receiver. Well, Mark, you left out Le'Veon Bell. And that's as good a second-round running back pick as you're going to have in the past decade. I don't mean for the Steelers. I mean anywhere. They had everyone everywhere talking about Eddie Lacy, How could you pass up Eddie Lacy? How could you do that? I was one of them. I I loved Lacy's film. I loved Lacy's potential fit here. And then they took Lev after allowing Lacy to go to the Packers. And I'd say it worked out pretty well. I'd say that was okay for them. I wouldn't look at the rest of these guys and necessarily lump them in with this same concept of yours, Jalen Samuels is, you know, he's been exactly what he was supposed to be. You know, there, there's no uh, Jalen Samuels wasn't even really a running back in college. They converted him, made him a multi-purpose type. He's been a good soldier at times, notably that that one great New England game at Heinz Field. He's been above and beyond. I don't want him on the roster next season either. But I, I wouldn't categorize him. And, and Trey Edmonds, I mean, I don't even know why we'd be going there. This is not an important piece of the roster. So what you're really talking about here, Mark, is, is Benny Snell. I mean, really, that that's that's what you're saying here. How did they draft Benny Snell and why is he still here? He's been a disappointment. And, and I, I use the term in the most literal way. Meaning, there have been times when I've watched him and I've thought to myself, wow, uh, there's something there. You know, and I think you know the games that I'm referring to. Sure, some of them were against the Browns, but he, he's, he's also shown well against better teams too. And then you see him go through these... Long stretches of not being able to see a hole, much less hit it. He can hit a hole. He can annihilate that hole and burst through it and make something extra happen. But he doesn't get the first part right. I I can't say how many times I've seen... Benny Snell, in particular this past season, it just seemed like it was an even worse problem in 2020 where he'd get a hole and he would see it or not see it and then just turn right into a tackle or two potential tacklers. And you're going, what? One of the funny things about uh, the way the media was handled in the NFL this season is we had to move around to different areas of stadiums than what we were used to for safety purposes. And in a couple places, we were put into press boxes or portions of press boxes that were closer to the end zone than what we're used to. And if I had to pick, if I could stick a press box anywhere in any stadium that I visited, just magically just wave a wand, I would always be in an end zone because I love seeing the holes. I love seeing the offensive line uh, at work or, in the Steelers' case, not at work in creating a running game. I just feel like there's so much more that can be seen from that perspective when it comes to the great game of football. I can't tell you how many times I saw Snell. I want to say there was the game was in Buffalo where he – He had the ocean in front of him, and he was at the beach, and he still made a hard right turn into a bunch of Bills, not just one or two, but like a whole pack of them, and I remember being up there with Dale Lolly, our beat writer at DK Pittsburgh Sports, and we just looked at each other, didn't even say a word, just looked at each other like, wow, did that actually happen? Why did he do that? And I don't know if that's fixable. You know, that to me feels like an instinct thing. That to me feels like something that you have figured out uh, in JV ball in high school. That you've either got that or you, or, or you haven't. I don't know that you can sit Benny down and show him that on film and say, Hey, hey Ben, <laughs> this side over here was wide open, but you ran into all these bills. Next time you do that, choose option A. Gotcha, coach. I mean, what are you going to say, you know? he's He's been a, a, a good runner, and he'll break tackles, and he's tough, and he'll try to get that yardage, whether it's at the goal line or third and one, fourth and one. He, he's got some moxie in that regard. He's competitive, and he's got some athleticism. I don't know that he's going to ever be a, a breakaway type. That's kind of what the Steelers are hoping that Anthony McFarlane can mature into. You didn't even mention Anthony McFarlane, by the way. And I'm not ready to write him off. I mean, I'm not saying he I want him to be the starter in 2021 either, but I'm not ready to just say, hey, he doesn't exist. But, uh, man, upgrades are needed. 32 means 32, you know? That's how many teams there are in the league, and that's where the Steelers finished rushing. Thanks for the question. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do another one of these daily shots of Steelers tomorrow. empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's The Point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.